This is Jay Silver with the Eastern Pennsylvania section of the ARRL, the National Organization for Amateur Radio. This episode of What Hams Do is about our response to COVID-19, and it is simply this. We are ready. That's the simplest way to explain to our friends and neighbors and fellow citizens that amateur radio is sending practice emergency messages across each community, each state, the entire nation and the rest of the world every day, all day. In Pennsylvania, COVID-19 has closed the emergency operations centers, also called EOCs, in many, if not all of our counties and municipalities. The places where ham radio operators would transmit and receive emergency messages if our national communications grid was damaged by some disaster. Well, COVID-19 isn't that kind of disaster at least not yet, and hopefully never. But we're ready. Listen. It's Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. Nearly 100 ham radio stations in every corner of Pennsylvania and surrounding states gather to exchange messages in digital formats. These sounds can carry messages at high speed over the air, not over the internet, not over phone or cable lines, over the air. From Pittsburgh to Philly, from Danville to Oxford, practice emergency messages fly instantly across the state. Besides Pennsylvania hams, among those nearly 100 stations were hams from lots of other states too. There were people from as far away as Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, there's 11 states represented in that number. That's Walter Jones. We call him WT. He's the Eastern Pennsylvania Emergency Coordinator for the ARRL, and he's responsible for the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, referred to as ARES, or A-R-E-S, in Eastern Pennsylvania. I asked WT, what do all these ham radio operators get out of joining a meeting like that particular Pennsylvania Narrowband Emergency Messaging System session that WT calls PAN beams? They wanted to be able to test their ability to use FLDigi or the PAN beam sessions to make sure they could communicate. FLDigi is the software running on our computers that turns text into these sounds. And those data sounds reach across the airwaves and communicate emergency and other messages without the internet and without phone lines or cell towers. Among the many digital formats available to hams, FLDigi and another digital format called WinLink are used to convey messages in emergencies. And we practice not only in on-the-air sessions like the Sunday morning Pennsylvania Narrowband Emergency Messaging System meeting, but in regular drills simulating disasters like at nuclear power plants. What, I asked WT, drives amateur radio operators to get involved? What drives the people to do this is, number one, the challenge of doing it and the fact that it does portray amateur radio in a very, very good light. Number two, it tells people that hands are involved and we care. And that's one of the big things that our emergency managers and our served agencies realize is that we're driven people. We like to do our communications job, and it's infectious in our community to do these kind of things. And it also gets us a chance to exercise our technical abilities, such as with FLDigi or with WinLink. WinLink is a radio version of email. We can send a message from one ham radio operator to another ham radio operator, and they'll pick it up the next time they check their WinLink email. 
Or perhaps more importantly, we can send messages by radio from a part of the world where disaster has interrupted the internet to any email recipient in parts of the world where the internet still functions. We refer to messages we transfer as traffic, and traffic exchanges take place all day long in different over-the-air formats. Yes, that's high-speed Morse code. Messages are being sent and received at 20 or 30 words per minute or faster from one end of the nation to the other, even though the Federal Communications Commission no longer requires ham radio licensees to learn Morse code, the practice continues, even among young hams. The scouts have a Morse code merit badge. All these on-the-air amateur radio meetings, the digital ones, the Morse code meetings, and voice meetings, are referred to as nets, a gathering of hams on the radio. Voice nets are sometimes called phone nets. That's phone as short for microphone, not telephone. The National Traffic System, or NTS, carries messages transmitted by voice, as well as other formats, from one end of the nation to the other, and around the world and back again, every day. The Eastern Pennsylvania ARRL section manager, George Miller, call sign W3GWM, also manages and participates in several traffic handling nets. How, I asked him, does a message get from one place to another? Well, traffic handlers move the message. The message might start off on one of the local nets that's serving a local community or, or a county. The message could start from there. And then it's taken from the local net up to the section net, which covers, uh, in our case, all of eastern Pennsylvania. We've got 34 counties that make up the eastern Pennsylvania section where we collect messages and we also bring messages in and distribute it. And if the message uh, that we picked up from the local net moves from there to the uh, regional net, which uh, in our case covers Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware and, and the District of Columbia. And from there, we collect messages again from all of those, uh, all of the sections. And the uh, appointed liaison goes up to uh, another net called the Eastern Area Net, which covers the United States east of the Mississippi and Canada. We cover the Maritime Provinces and Ontario in Canada, plus all of the Eastern United States. The messages there get collected again. If it's going to California, it gets transferred again uh, to uh, what we call the Transcontinental Corps, which is a, a select group of amateurs that handle messages going across the country. And they might go to the uh, Central Area Net or the Pacific Area Net, depending on where the message is going to, and transfer the, uh, the message to that net, which then begins a process of moving down towards the local net. So that's a process that goes on every day, all day. Now, there are nearly 60 amateur radio clubs across the eastern half of Pennsylvania that are affiliated with the ARRL, as well as a number of amateur radio emergency service organizations, that's ARIES, and radio amateur civil emergency service organizations, that's RACES and most of them have canceled their on-site monthly club meetings because the community meeting rooms and emergency operations centers are closed. But that doesn't mean they don't meet. 
Here's the start of the Holmesburg Amateur Radio Club's first Zoom meeting in the midst of COVID-19. I'm very good information. Thank you. So I will officially open the meeting. And um, there's two main announcements. I guess you all know by now there's no Warminster Ham Fest on May 3rd. That's been canceled. And we are having a Zoom meeting on Thursday, May 21st, our regular meeting date. And that's going to be by Zoom. And that's uh, uh, the section manager for Eastern Pennsylvania is going to speak to us. The regular Aries and Races practice sessions are going on, too. Listen to one from Philadelphia. The purpose of this net is to provide information and coordination concerning the joint activities of Philadelphia County's Amateur Radio Emergency Service and Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service. This net is also intended to serve as a weekly emergency net operations training session. All stations, please stand by for check-in. Be advised that stations with emergency traffic are invited to break in at any time. All other stations, please observe proper procedure for any transmission. And even when we're on lockdown, we're planning the next drill. The Peach Bottom Nuclear Power Plant along the Susquehanna River by the Delaware border. The Limerick, Pennsylvania plant west of Philadelphia. The Berwick Nuclear Power Plant in Northeast PA. And yes, the infamous Three Mile Island plant all have regular emergency drills where amateur radio operators join state and county emergency personnel to practice communications if a nuclear disaster strikes. Even if the phones and internet are still working, ham radio operators with their high-powered mobile radios and handheld radio systems aid emergency planners. And it doesn't have to be a disaster to bring out amateur radio operators to assist. When Pope Francis visited Philadelphia in 2015, ham radio operators using mobile devices were on the job. Mobile operators are critical. They use the amateur radio operators during the, the papal visit to report back traffic conditions, people in distress, activities at railroad stations, all that kind of information. The EOC needs to have that information as fast as possible. There's another aspect of amateur radio in the midst of COVID-19 you might be interested in. For about a hundred years now, amateur radio operators have been practicing social distancing, communicating with other hams by voice, by Morse code, and with the latest digital radio tools. The six-foot rule is often six miles, 60 miles, sometimes 6,000 miles, and nearly 600,000 miles to the moon and back. And now with the governor's stay-at-home order affecting all of us, amateur radio operators in central Pennsylvania have set up on-the-air get-togethers amongst themselves to keep cabin fever at arm's length and to check up on each other's physical and mental health. In the Lancaster area, amateur radio operators meet each morning and each evening on the radio to check up on each other and share stories about life in the lockdown. Ham radio operators use devices called repeaters to connect to each other. Repeaters are on tall towers and take incoming signals and repeat them over a wide area so all of the Susquehanna Valley ham radio operators can participate. Typically, 40 or 50 people check into these on-the-air meetings, or nets. The evening net is run by Lancaster amateur Doug Rice, and I asked him just what it's all about. Something like a, a welfare check on somebody. Did we hear from them lately? Um, how do we make a face mask? And who has instructions for a face mask? <laughs> who has the cheapest gasoline? 
or who has uh, who has bread or chicken breast in stock at what grocery store? Yeah, those are the types of things we're talking about. Uh, just something you would talk about over the fence in your backyard to your neighbor, but you can't right now. And now it's happening on amateur radio. The Morning Health and Welfare Net in the Susquehanna Valley is run by Mike Newman, also in Lancaster County. It's working, he says, because hams are competent. I know that there's dozens of brains that kick into high gear on how can I help this person out, whether it be relay the information to somebody else, or maybe I have something that I can drop off to you, or maybe it's just, hey, I have had that same problem and I know exactly where you're at. I empathize and uh, can share your emotional burden. So not long ago, when I got my FCC general license back after a number of years away from the amateur radio hobby, I told a friend and business associate how excited I was to get back on the air. His immediate reaction was, is that still a thing? Do people still do that? (laughs) Yes, people still do that. About three quarters of a million people in the U.S. alone, and about 30,000 in Pennsylvania. And people all over the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are doing it every day, not just for the fun of it. Oh, there's lots of fun in things like communicating with other hams around the world, but lots of hams are in this hobby to help deal with the deadly serious business of protecting us. We don't know if the kind of disaster that needs our help will ever happen, but it may. And so when you see a ham radio operator helping guide people on a 100-mile bike ride, or reporting on conditions during a parade in your town, or at a fire location in your community, consider that practice. Deadly serious practice. We'll continue our look at emergency communications and ham radio in future episodes. So for now, this is Jay Silber for the Eastern Pennsylvania section of the ARRL, reminding you that this isn't your grandfather's amateur radio. Take good care and be safe, everyone. 73.